Hey, what's up? What's up, Nick Nation? It's your boy, Slizzy. State, whatever you want to call me, man. State of the New York Knicks podcast host. Shout-outs to my guy, Mr. Mitchell from Down Under. Shout-outs to everybody, Nick Nation, Nick fans across the world. I appreciate y'all. This is episode 120 with my guy, Aiden, of the Knicks Community Podcast. Love this kid. He knows his stuff. And get ready, man. Tune in. I'm out of here. Please wear your mask. Please be safe for the holidays. And uh, always do good for your people, man. Love y'all, man. Nick Nation. Peace. Enjoy the show, man. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Um, I'm feeling good about free agency. I feel good about the draft. Overall, the Knicks, they, 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 they've been doing well, man. I have no complaints about Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not mad either. Um, I really like what we did in the draft. I mean, my only, um, I guess, uh, negative that I have about um draft night was that we traded um Oturu away because I think that would have been a really nice backup center. I mean, he was averaging twenty and eleven in college. Um, but Nerlens Noel is not not a bad option either. Uh, for for a backup center, I really like what he did last season um and i think that is a fine backup center option um for mitchell robinson um i really like quickly i really like obi toppin so i really like what we did draft night um and i think that for free agency i think that our moves have definitely been interesting um to say the least <laughs> um I, and every move every move yeah has I, been I, it, about the family bro Straight family, straight family. You see all the Kentucky signings? Yeah. Michael K. Gilchrist joins us today. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I literally woke up to that today. I woke up, my like, Twitter was blowing up, and I'm like, what's going on? And I just see Michael Kidd Gilchrist has just been signed to, like, an Exhibit 10 contract for the, for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, for the Knicks. And um, that was interesting um, because I, I think that we should be focusing on trying to get point guards because i think our point guard situation is it's more um it's 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 more bad than than our small forward kind of situation because you could just put an rj at small forward and quickly at shooting guard and you can solve that but like at point guard we have no idea what's going to happen you have frank you have dsj you have austin rivers i mean technically you have it too and miles powell now so it, it it depends, bro. Like, you got to ask. It depends on who you ask, bro. Like, what is your what is your personal opinion on DSJ and Frank Milikina and them having an extra four months off of an offseason? You know, offseason is usually five months, but they had nine months off. So they also got the excuse of David Fisdale and Mike Mill. Oh my God, I'm, I hate Mike Miller. Oh my God, but you got Fizdale, Mike Miller. They both got the same excuse. So I think you just got to ask a certain person. For me personally, I love Frank Nellikina. I love Dennis Smith Jr. I hope both of them become competent point guards. I'm not really too concerned about the point guard position, to be honest with you, bro, because I I feel like everything is going to play out itself. Because all the kids had the same amount of time off. So whoever's getting left in the dust, they just going to get left in the dust. It's just who gets left in the dust for who. For example, I had to watch Alfred Payton, Emmanuel Moutier, Trey Burke, uh, Hazonia. Uh, it's, it's like countless one-year vets play in front of kids. Like, I do not want to go through another season where I have to waste my time and waste energy watching guys who won't be here long-term. So I am I really like the mix of the roster. I like Nerlens Noel. That I think, personally for me, that was the best pickup for the Knicks in about, i say, four years. Because every time Mitch went to the bench, it was we used to get destroyed in the paint. So I love the mix. Leon Rose, he's A+. He's getting Kentucky guys. He's getting CAA guys. I know a lot of people 
is really, I, I want to know your opinion about this because a lot of people say this. They don't like the fact that the Knicks is getting all these Kentucky players, they're getting all these CAA guys and getting people that they Do you think that's going to be negative moving forward or do you think that's a positive as far as us moving into the future? Well, I, I, I just think that that's what Leon Rose has just been planning to do all along. I mean, we know obviously that they're getting Kentucky guys because they have Kenny Payne on our staff. And, you know, there's been guys that have worked with Kenny Payne, Emmanuel Quickly, Kevin Knox. And, and I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to have the staff be familiar, I guess, with how the players play and their style of game so they can mentor them um, more effectively throughout this season to try to get, um, I guess, better potential or just, just better, um, I guess, skill quality out of them um, during this up for this upcoming season. And I mean, in a way you could argue that, I mean, not in a way, but you could argue that it's going to be a a positive because, you know, it's like um, Emmanuel quickly, for example, like when he was drafted, he was so excited because Kenny Payne was on the staff and he was so excited to, to reunite with him because that's a familiar face that he's, you know, worked with and that he knows that mm-hmm. Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne mm-hmm. is going to get the best out of Emmanuel quickly. We saw that Emmanuel quickly came off the bench for Kentucky and got SEC player of the year. So, and not, and, and, and from, from not even starting. And you do the why? Because Calipari and Kenny Payne worked with him, mentored him, and no, I think I think he was I think he came off the bench. Yes, and I think Calipari, I think he was like the hell with it. I'm a starter, so that's when he started playing in the three guard right. set. And a lot of people don't know that he was a pass first point guard in high school, so he was thrusted into the off ball role and excelled. So in the NBA. Maybe we didn't see – because when you look at Kentucky prospects, right, I'm going to give you an example. Carl Anthony Towns, this man did not shoot threes in college. But you look at him in the NBA, this kid is a monster on, on the offensive side of the ball. So, quickly – as and another thing before you continue, quickly was actually with Kenny Payne Thanksgiving night. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So – I, I love the whole family thing. I think it's easier for chemistry to happen naturally. Um, I'm not really too mad about the Michael K. Gilchrist pickup because let's be honest, bro. I mean, the offense sucks, you know, but we need perimeter defenders. I'm tired of Frank Nilekina only on he it's just he's the only person who wants to fight over screens. It's kind of annoying to watch. And let me give you some numbers for the offense. We have 27th in assists, 29th in, in scoring, 30th in three-pointers made, 27th in three-point field goal percentage, 26th in net rating, 27th in offensive rating, 23rd in defensive rating, 29th in fast break points. Like, oh, my goodness. So we needed a shooter. I love the man you quickly picked up. Um what, what what's your overall take on the roster? Do you do you like it more this season than last season? I feel like this year's roster, it, it it's more. It's it, it's more suited for modern basketball, but I need to see. But what's your take? You know, I think that it's definitely an improvement. I think that last year's roster, you know, we saw a lot of like you were saying before, like veterans playing with kids, and I think that now that the roster's gotten. You know, I guess more, um, I guess like less like of like a veteran. It seems like this roster is more less of a veteran team and more of like a, a young core that is planning for the future. And I think that I, I don't really think that this team is going to be like an eighth seed in the playoffs. Um, but I think that definitely I think we could see the probably the same record. You know, I was thinking about it today and I, I was just like, you know, I, I think they could probably get to hopefully 25 wins, um, a little bit more than we saw from this previous season. Um, but I think it's definitely an improvement from 
last season. I mean, my my biggest concern right now, though, is is why is Julius Randle still on the team if we have Obi Toppin? <laughs> because here's the thing, and I was talking to my friend about this like last night. I I don't want it to become a Marcus Morris situation where they just like put Obi Toppin in at the three and then have Julius Randle still at the four or something. I mean, I just I just don't want it to like have Obi Toppin and Julius Randle share share the floor together and because I don't really know how that's going to work out first of all and I think that if you draft a power forward with the eighth pick in the draft knowing that Julius Randle is still on the team my first instinct in instinct would be to trade him because I don't think that he's going to have like really any value to this organization right now because Obi Toppin is the future that that's how they're marketing it that's how they're positioning it to the fans Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there. I, I, I've been seeing a lot on Nick's Twitter that that they're mainly trying to set up like this big four of RJ, Mitch, Toppin, and Randall, and that's how no. I. That's how I. Because I, no. I was, I was look. They, they released no. like a, I think like a 15, 20 second video about the preseason and the games that we have, and we'll we'll definitely get into the preseason soon. But they were saying like game one against the Pistons and they had a picture of RJ Barrett and like game two against the Pistons, they had Mitchell Robinson and like game three against the Cavs, they had a picture of Obi Toppin and then game four, they saved Julius Randle for the last one. And then I just think that it's interesting that they're, that they're marketing it like that. But I just think that if you have Obi Toppin, then what's, why is Julius Randle still on the team? If we're, if, if Obi Toppin is the future, I mean, it's crazy. I th- that that's my <laughs> biggest concern right now because I just well, I don't even know how much value Julius Randle is going to offer to other teams right now. I mean, ah, <laughs> oh, it's it's so confusing why he's still on the no, team. I feel your pain, bro. I, I, you know, I feel your pain. I feel your pain, and I hate when I gotta. I hate when I feel like I'm trashing Julius. Because he put out a lovely Thanksgiving tweet on Thanksgiving, and fans was just killing him, and it was disgusting. And, you know, I hate killing the kid, but what we watched last season was just so disappointing. Like, and it's disappointing from uh, he's 24, he's 24, 25 years old. You don't know how to pass out of a double team already? Like, I watched games. RJ clapping for the ball. See, I don't want to kill him. Let me, let, let, let me not even do that. What I'm going to say is, you're right. OB Toppin is a four. It's no reason why them two should be playing together. Maybe in short spurts when OB Toppin is a five. But even then, I still don't want Randall next to him because nobody's going to be able to protect the rim. So... That's why we got Nerlens Noel, and I'm happy we got Nerlens Noel because we got a couple of guys who will finally fight on defense. So, you know, it, it, it's it's nice to have. Um, but I'm I totally agree with you. I feel like Randall needs to be gone. For me personally, I wasn't mad at off at the off season. I just I look at Alfred Payton like, what is he doing here? I, what I, I could understand Randall. But Peyton, I need him off this roster. Like, I don't know how quick, fast, soon, in a hurry. I just need him off the roster. But besides that, the roster looks good. You got Alfred Payton, he's 26. Julius Randle, he's 25 years old. Alec Burks, he's 29 years old. Austin Rivers is 28. Michael K. Gilchrist, he's 27 years old. Theo Penson, whatever, he's 25 years old. We got four, four picks in the next draft. And... It seems like we rebuilding in the right way, and I I like I I like the roster, man. I love what I'm seeing right now. But um, what you what you want to get into? You want to get into the preseason first, or you want to get into these trades? The 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 these um, quick trades. We we can go. Uh, we can do preseason first if you want. Um, and I mean, I think I think right before we get get into that, I mean, I think that. With Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I mean, he's on an Exhibit 10 contract. I, I had to search what that meant because I had no idea what kind of contract that meant because I'd never heard of it before <laughs> in my life. Yeah, it's, it's like a it's training like, camp. Basically, deal, it's basically. like a non-guaranteed kind of. But like 
he's still invited to training camp. So I, I, I think what they're trying to do is bring him to training camp, see how he does. And, you know, if, if he performs well, he'll, he'll get a spot probably on the bench um, uh, on the main roster. But I, I think that going back to Julius Randle one more time, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not trying to slander him. I'm, I just think that the reason why I think he was so bad um, last season was because I just think that just too much. He, he just had, he had too much on his plate because I don't think he's ever been in a, in, in, in a role in the, in his NBA career where he's had to be the leader of the team. You know, I think that you, you, you look at new Orleans, right. And I think Anthony, Anthony Davis was still um, on new Orleans when, when he was on the, was when he was on the team, correct? Yeah. So I think that, you know, obviously you have Anthony Davis leading that team. Um, and I, and I think, you know, you, you see Julius Randle kind of as like, I guess like a six man kind of role. And, you know, I, I think that he's more comfortable with those yeah. kinds of situations. And then as soon as you have him be the leader of a team, I think that he doesn't really know how to handle that. Those kinds of situations because he's never really had to be in one before. Also, he didn't really have anybody to like mentor him on how to be a leader of a team. Cause I mean, you know, you had guys like, like Taj Gibson and, you know, everybody's saying that, that he, he's the mentor to Mitch, which is true. But I, I think that Taj Gibson doesn't really know how to mentor leaders because Derek Rose was the leader of that Chicago Bulls team. Joakim Noah, you could, you could say he was like, he was like a co-leader and, and you would also add Jimmy Butler there as well. So I think that for Julius Randle, I think that he just doesn't know how to be a leader because he's never really had those types of experiences in his NBA career prior to last season, which is why I think, and also I think Fisdale just had him doing too much as well. I mean, you could argue that Fisdale was the reason as to why he's developed the infamous Beyblade spin move as we've seen time and time again. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, I just wanted to, to quickly get that off my chest. Nick nation. I hope you're enjoying the pod. Um, a little technical difficulties, but we go into part two of this podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Let's go. You can make, you can make it two segments. You do you do part one, part two. This will be part two. Perfect. Um, but but okay. uh, quickly, quickly, just Julius Randall. Just he hasn't had as many, um, I guess, experiences in his career on how to be a leader of a of a squad in the NBA prior to last season. But anyways, let's go right into the preseason. Why not? Yep, yep, because preseason is going to be telling. I'm going to learn a lot from preseason. Mm. And I don't even care about if we win these games. I don't care about if we lose these games. If we win all four, kudos. If we lose all four, whatever. But I'm most interested in the lineups. I'm most interested in who's going to see the most minutes. And I'm most interested in how do these kids look. For example, I want to see these four. I'm, I'm out of anybody on the roster. These four guys is who I'm paying attention to. All four, all, all four preseason games. I don't care about nobody else on the court. Knox, Mitch, SJ. I want to see improvement for me personally. Um, do you have any thoughts upon? preseason um how do you feel about Knicks basketball coming back and give me your prediction about what's going to happen this year's preseason Mm, great great question um I think that what we're going to see is is how Obi Toppin is going to develop um to the style of the NBA and the style of play that the NBA is like, because we all know that the NBA style of play is completely different than college. And I think that that's a number of reasons as to why you see guys become busts in, in this um, league so quickly. I mean, Anthony Bennett, uh, one of the most yep. infamous busts in NBA history. And I think that what we're really... I think he's the biggest one. Yeah, I think he's that what we're really one. just going to see from this preseason is that we're going to see how... 
one, how these guys just return to, to NBA and if they're in NBA shape. I mean, you know, we, if, if you remember right in the beginning of the bubble, everybody was not, was, was not fully how they were by the end of the bubble. Um, and, and I think that hopefully that doesn't happen to the Knicks. And I think that Tom Thibodeau has been, has been putting them through crazy hard practices like they should be doing. Um, and I think that what's going to happen during these games is I think you're just going to see how players fit in certain roles. Like possibly in games, you could have a ton of, of um, substitutions at point guard because they have to see who is going to be the best in that position. So you could see like one quarter for like, five minutes you can see dsj running up and down the court as our point guard and then you can see a switch up of like frank or possibly quickly or austin rivers um so i think that what you're really going to get out of these games is just seeing how the pieces of the puzzle fit um and just really just see how everybody's just gonna gel together and and how they're i think we're probably just going to see what roles everybody is just going to become accustomed to um, so I think that's really what we're going to get out of these games, um, whether we win them or not. Um, I hope we win all of them. Um, but I think that, you know, we're, we're playing Cleveland um, and, you know, the, uh, they have Drummond. Um, they just got um, Isaac Okoro um, and they have Colin Sexton. So they have, they have Kevin Love also. I think I just said that. Um, but, um, you know, and, and Detroit, Blake Griffin. Derek Rose, uh, they just got Killian Hayes, so that's going to be super interesting to see Killian Hayes go up against uh, Frank Nitalikina, a battle battle of the uh, of 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 the French <laughs> guards. That's going to be super interesting to see. Um, so I think what you're really going to get out of these games is just it's just really you're going to see how the rookies play, and that's that's just, that's what you're going to get out of preseason. I mean, that, and that's that's mainly what preseason's been like throughout the course of history, you know, it's really just guys getting used to the style of play that the season is just going to bring them. I think. Yo, it, and you know, it's crazy. You, we didn't even mention Obi Toppin. I'm, I'm curious at Obi Toppin, but I feel like he's going to come out the gate and give me about 15, 16 points and seven rebounds. So I'm not really worried about him. I also want to see what the offense look like. Because watching Fisdale for about a year and a half, a year and about a month into the NBA season, it was really bad. And it was bad to watch how Dennis Smith Jr. looked terrible, how Frank looked terrible. And just overall, the point guard play has just been overall just been terrible. I mean, Fisdale, when you look at it, advanced statistics, it shows that Fisdale is high in the league in pick and roll efficiency. But my eyes, when I'm watching the games, I'm seeing dribble handoffs and I'm seeing Mitch at the top of the key. Why is nobody coaching Mitch to shoot the ball? Like, I got a couple of questions that I need answered during this preseason. Can I get a jump shot from Mitchell Robinson? Does Kevin Knox look playable? Do he look like an NBA player finally after two years of looking like a deer in headlights? Frank Nilekina, is he aggressive? He's going into year four. Dennis Smith Jr., it's no fans next season, so you should not be looking lost on the court. I should be seeing production from you. If the kids can at least be better, I feel like we can win a couple of games. I feel like we can win at least 28 games. Um, the minimum I'll go is 25, but I feel like we can win 28 games. But overall, what are some what are some starting five lineups you would like to see? What's some lineup or some bench lineups you would like to see during the preseason? Um, my favorite one that I have is Frank at the one. No, quickly at the one, Frank at the two. RJ at the three, Knox at the four, Obi at the five. Playing small ball. Or I like Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox at the three, RJ at the two, Emmanuel quickly at the one. Or you could do, you could it, like switch it around, Rivers and quickly at the guard spots with um, 
Alec Burke at the three. Like what? What's some lineups you would like? Oh, uh, that's that's a that's a, another great question, and I think going back to to Dennis Smith Jr., I think that you know I was at the game where everybody chanted "We want Frank." So and I, I and I I was <laughs> staring right at Dennis Smith Jr. and I could see that he was he was uncomfortable, um, and he he had no idea what to do because I don't think that he was expecting ever to get a reaction out of that MSG crowd, like as it happened or in the way that it happened. And I think that with no fans, I think we finally get to see how Dennis Smith Jr. is going to play with no distractions. And I think that's going to be super interesting to see. And I think that, um, let's see, for, for lineups, I think that one lineup that I had in mind was I think I would try Austin Rivers at the one. I would try quickly at the two. I would try RJ at the three. Toppin at the four and uh, not Randall uh, Robinson at the five because I I can you imagine if I messed up there and I said R- Randall at the five oh Knicks fans would be grilling me uh, thank God <laughs> but there's some Knicks fans who like Julius Randall right there 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 are and I think that you know I think this season is just another shot of Julius Randall uh, trying to prove that he can be the leader of, of this team, um, which I think that would be pretty interesting because I think that would sidetrack the entire, I guess, um, plan that we've had. Because I think that what the Knicks are trying to do, we're trying to build for the future, and we're trying to mentor these young guys with familiar faces, which is why we see Kenny Payne on the roster and why we see all of these guys from Kentucky. You see Nerlens Noel. Uh, you see Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. And, you know, I think that Nerlens Noel could be, yes, he's going to be a backup center, but I think that also they're trying to use him as a mentor piece because just like Taj Gibson did with uh, Mitchell Robinson, I think that um, Nerlens Noel is trying to mentor these guys like um, like quickly, um, for example, uh, and Knox, how to play um, and just, you know, just to be more, I guess, adjusted uh, to the NBA. So I think that I would really like to see that lineup because I really liked what I saw from Austin Rivers in the bubble. He got 41 points one game, and um, he looked great. I mean, I just would like to try to see that. I I mean, I I wouldn't mind Frank at the one. I wouldn't mind Quickly at the one. Dennis Jr. is is really the the guy that I have concerns with because, I I mean, I, I I just didn't like what I saw from him. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was like two points per game or five points per game or something like that, but but his whole his whole game was just off. And I think that I mean, I just think that's again what I've been saying from the beginning of my podcast. It's just it's the pressure of New York getting to him and, and him not knowing how to overcome that and persevere through because like we saw in that we want Frank game. Once that crowd chanted, it was over. He he was not the same after that experience. And I think that, first off, he had so much pressure coming to him because of that Porzingis trade and how the assets yep. that we got in return would play. Would they be as great as Porzingis? Would it, would it have been a, a terrible trade for us in the end? And, and you could argue that it was. You could argue that it wasn't. Um, I personally believe that it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, uh to, to be it, determined you got to it is it is to be determined to but be determined. but with the assets that we were given back Wesley Matthews immediately waived after like two games but we did get rid of Porzingis which in a sense was a good thing because we don't have to deal with those types of injuries anymore Porzingis is so injury prone and he just he just um got off of a, of a of, of surgery again and i think that Dennis Smith Jr just mm-hmm. he needs he needs to just prove to everybody this season that that he can overcome the pressure of New York. And I mean, listen, th- th- what I don't want to see is him play incredible when there's no fans in the crowd. And then immediately when everybody's back in the garden, he plays terrible. Um, that's what I don't want to see. I just want to, I just want to see him overcome yeah, this pressure. That's, scary. that's exactly because that just came into my mind. Like, can you imagine he's getting 20 points per game, 30 points per game. I'm just going to throw random numbers out here. And then he, we, we all come back to the garden. More we want Franks happen, and he can't. He just he can't get used to to playing in front of New Yorkers because we 
I'll be honest, we we put so much pressure on everybody, whether they do well or they don't, because if players do well, you want to see them continue to 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 grow and to to play incredible. And if they do terrible, you're you're gonna have Stephen A, Max Kellerman, Shannon Sharp, oh, uh, Skip Bayless. God. You're gonna have everybody oh. everybody going at you for for weeks on end, and. I mean, you know, just like we saw when we drafted Obi Toppin, Stephen A was mad. He wanted Halliburton at number eight. He wanted a guard. And hell no, I'm not. No, I'm good with. I'm good with Obi. Agreed. I'm Agreed. I, I'm very happy with that pick, and I just think that I would be very interested to see how Denzel Junior is going to uh, fit in this in this team with no with no fans. And I think that having Kevin Knox. I would I would rather have him coming off the bench just for just just for the start of the season because I think that you know Kevin Knox is injury prone. We saw him get injured I think pretty early in his career, um, and you know he had a he had a, a solid rookie season that was that was fine. But then ever since then he's been he hasn't he hasn't lived up to to that I guess potential in a while. And I think that having him come off the bench and and seeing. Guys like like RJ at the three. I I've now become convinced that I would love RJ at the three because that I think is just the only way he's just going to grow as a player. Because let's face it, there's more competition at the at the small forward position. You have LeBron, you have Giannis, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Ka- Kawhi. I'm a, I mean, you, the list goes on and on. And I think that's the only way he's going to grow. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say this. I understand that you want RJ at the three. Right. I understand that you want Knox coming mm-hmm. off the bench. I understand that. I respect that. I respect that opinion. I respect your opinion, bro. Here's here's why I disagree with both. I feel like RJ is a two. I feel like he's bigger than the average two. Kind of like in the Jalen Brown mode. But I feel like at at the two spot, he's a mismatch for opposing twos because he's so strong. And the, and the thing that he does best, that's going into people's body, going downhill. I feel like he. I feel like if we put him at small forward, he's not going to be able to do what he do best against bigger defenders. So that's my reasoning for him at the two. And I feel like he has the. I feel like he has the mental capacity to grasp the position in order to get better. I feel like he can get better shooting. He was 19 years old. Understand he played kind of bad last season. Understand that he shot horribly, 40% from the field. I think it was like 39% or whatever, 32% from the field, from three-point range. And I understand everything was bad, but we got to be patient. And R.J. Barrett, like guys like R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, I feel like Kevin Knox needs to start. I'm hoping and praying that when we watch this first game, December 11th, I do not see the same guy that I seen last season. I'm hoping and praying I see a guy that that's finally an NBA player who's awake. Because if he becomes at least marg- at least good, if he becomes good, 12, 13 points, I don't know, however much. And we can slide him at the three. It makes the lineup more seamless because he can space the floor. I don't know if he's going to be able to defend the wing, so it's tough. People want to say, let's start Alec Burks. I'm not really interested in no more one-year contract dude started. So this is why I love the idea of Austin Rivers starting. I love that idea. You love it. Um, A couple of people agreed. I threw out a poll and... In the poll, Frank Nelikina, of course he's first because everybody loves him, but Austin Rivers was damn near close to third. He was second, close to third, 20%, 21%. But I just want spacing for R.J. Barrett. So when I'm thinking about him, I, I feel like Kevin Knox, I, I feel like if he just shows it, he could be good, man. He could, he could be good. His ceiling is high. It's just if he doesn't hit as a pick, the Knicks gonna have to mm. trade him. Definitely, definitely, I, I agree. And I mean, you could argue that when Fizdale was the coach, you know, Fizdale had 
Kevin Knox uh, guard up against guards that were smaller and faster. And you could argue that he was he was a mismatch there because, you know, he was taller, he was stronger, and, you know, you'd expect him to try to stop guards like that easily, but but they were just too fast for him. And, and that 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 was that was a big part of uh, of why he failed the last season too. And I think that I, I just think that for this season, I think that every Knicks fan wants to see all of our young guys become stars in this league. And I I hope that that's the case. I mean, it's, I think no fans is definitely going to help out these players because you're, you're not going to have just screaming Knicks fans scream curse words at you or just like scream, get off the court, go, go back to the bench or we want Frank is a great example. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I mean, I just, I think that this season is, is a very pivotal role in, in what is going to hopefully shape the careers of Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, and all of these young guys for the rest of their career because this season is the, is, is the, the, the spot in their career where they're going to have to show up because years and years have gone by and we've seen the same thing happen. They haven't shown up or they're, they're just they're, they're, they're put in a role that they can't succeed in. And I think that just, again, this season is just hopefully improvement. And I know that Knicks fans don't want another tanking season. Do you think I want another tanking season? Absolutely not. I want us to. Nah, I, I, I want to tank away, brother. I'm ready to tank. I don't care what Knicks fan listening to this. You heard it from me early. I'm telling you right now. After what I seen from a couple of these prospects, I watched Jalen Suggs the other night. He got any shot he wanted. I watched Kay Cunningham the other night. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I want to tank. Right, <laughs> but but even even if we tank, we we've tried tanking before, and we we end up getting the third pick at best because of these lottery lottery rules. Ain't, ain't the third pick in this draft is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, I, I'm good. This is the draft to do it. And I, I'm not saying, bro. Look, let me let let me understand my position. Mm. I'm not saying just go out and lose every goddamn game. That's not what I'm saying. Because I know Thibodeau. Thibodeau is not that type of coach. But what I am saying, it would behoove the Knicks in their best interest when you look at this roster to try to add at least one or two more blue chip prospects. And at least win 30 games, at least. Show some confidence, right? If RJ shows that he's become an NBA player, if Mitch shows quickly, if these guys, we only have five guys on the roster for next offseason. Those five is Kevin Knox, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, uh, Mitchell Robinson, and Obi Toppin. We got 64 million in cap space. Right now, currently, as projected. So, I just, if we show improvement, we can at least get a free agent or we can at least get a B-level free agent and he will come with these young boys and we could get the show on the road. I love the, the Denver Nugget model of building. Um, got Paul Millsap. Even though Paul Millsap is overpaid, they paid him while Jokic's contract wasn't that high. You get what I'm saying? They, mm. they paid him when Murray wasn't on his contract. You get what I'm saying? So we got to get a max contract level type of player before R.J. Barrett contract starts to hit. Right. So the window is the these next two years, honestly. Mm. That's and and we, we, we still have to make a move. Because we still have money left to spend, and we we still have to make a move to, um, I guess get rid of uh, of the certain amount of money that teams need to to spend in order to have the I guess um, specific amount of players on the roster. Because right now we're over the limit, um, and we, and, and we still need to make a move. And and I I I've been seeing guys like 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 uh, like Jeff Jeffrey Ballone. Um, and I've seen, seen everybody, and they're saying that that we feel like there's a big move coming. And I think that there is, too. 
And I, I just really hope that Russell Westbrook is not involved because he's going to take, he, <laughs> because he's going to, he's going to take away the development of RJ Barrett because he's going to want the ball so much. And he's going to take away the opportunities that like what we've been saying this entire episode that the young guys need in order to succeed and develop and improve throughout their career. Um, so I hope Westbrook isn't involved. I hope James Harden doesn't go to Brooklyn or, or here's the thing. No, I, I would love for him to go to Brooklyn. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm begging him to do I that. wouldn't want him to go to Brooklyn and still have Kyrie and Kevin Durant on that same team. No, they can do it. I want them to do it. I, well, I'm, what? I'm itching for them to do that. You know why? It's only one basketball. Steve Nash is a first year head coach. That is a recipe for disaster. Who the hell gonna tell who in that locker room? Well, well, here's the thing. When 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 Steve Kerr was in his first year, everybody doubted him, and look look what he created with the Warriors. So who's to say that Steve Nash won't do the exact same with the Nets? And we know that Steve Kerr and Steve Nash are very close. We know that D'Antoni, who's who's on the coaching staff, is very close with Steve Nash. So Steve Nash has all of the, I guess, guidance from from coaching greats of of this league, and I think that. If you have both of those three guys on the same roster, yes, it's going to be great for the league because it's going to bring in more fans and and more money for the NBA as a whole and more excitement from fans. I mean, I would be very excited to 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 watch a game, obviously, and to, just to see how those three players gel together. But if we're thinking about it in the in the in in terms of the East, if if you have that those three players in the East, the, there's it's it there, there's going to be no competition. In the, in the East anymore, it's going to be a Brooklyn Nets division. You know what I mean? That's so that that that's why right. I would be personally against it because it would just be like Kevin Durant when he went to the Warriors. It would just be it would just be another no. another super team. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-mm. I'm not. Listen, Steph Curry personality is not Kyrie Irving personality. James Harden, we already know what type of leader he is. So I'm not really worried about the Brooklyn Nets as far as them getting James Harden. I'm really not. I'm, I want them to do it because I feel like that's going to be a disaster waiting to happen. It's only one basketball. And I, I don't mind them doing that. As far as Russell Westbrook, listen, I am, I am pro Russ, right? I would love Russ on this team. I feel like Russ would be great for R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and those mm. boys. I think it would be great for them, in my own opinion. Why? What? 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 Why do you think that? And, and I'm just, I'm just asking. What? What is your reasoning? Um, when I look at who coached Russell Westbrook, you got Billy Donovan, you got Scott Brooks, and then I'm comparing them to uh, Tom Thibodeau, and I know Tom Thibodeau would demand his respect, and I know Russell Westbrook would. He would be the guy going downhill. I know he's going to get Mitchell Robinson easy shots. I know he's going to get R.J. Barrett easy shots because he's going to want to run. Um, I know he's not going to let none of the young guards slack. And I know that they would take on his personality. Russell Westbrook is a is, is a tough cookie. He, he's not some guy that wants to be friends with everybody. And I want that team to take on that pers- personality. I I personally would love Russell Westbrook for this team. With that said, after what I've seen transpire for the past week and a half from OKC, getting all those draft picks, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not in favor no more. They can't even get me to pick up the phone for Russell Westbrook unless they're trying to offer two minimum. I want minimum two first-round picks. If Washington calls the Knicks, and says, look, we got John Wall. I want minimum three first-round picks. Minimum. And I want two. I think I want two unprotected, and I want another pick swap. Minimum. So that's the only way I'm even going to entertain those convos because it's it's a it's a thin line, right? Mm. Because when it, your next management, your Leon Rose, you're in your first year. You don't want your first free agency splash to be a a point guard who is 30, 
or 30 years old plus making 40 million plus on a team whose ceiling is capped out because you wasted damn near all your cap space on this one point guard. And what if that point guard, whoever the case may be, John Wall or whoever, what if he get hurt? So now we back to square one, you know, but not really because we have draft picks and young guys, but now you got 40 million worth of dead cap. And we already got Joaquin Noah dead cap space. So it's tough, bro. It is it's tough. But, 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 but we, tough. but, but the thing is the reason as to why Oklahoma has all these picks, they've blown up their team. All they have is Shea. There's no Steven Adams. There's no Gallinari. There's no CP3. It's all gone. So I, I think that, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I would not want the Knicks to do a, a Thunder situation where they just, they trade everybody to get like three picks for the next like three years or something. Um, and I know that that I feel like a lot of teams, I think, are, are trying to get picks for 2023 because that's going to be a very important draft because we're going to see high school players plus college players. So it's going to be more players in that draft. And I think, is that is that when Bronny comes into the league 2023, or am I wrong? Because... Cause, Nah, that's correct. Okay, yeah, because I, because, because that that's gonna be very exciting. Bronny in the league, we we've all been waiting. Apparently, he's been committed to Duke since he was eleven years old. So that it's gonna be that's that's gonna be very exciting to watch in the NBA. Um, yeah. but I mean, I just I would I I would not want the Knicks to 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 just become like the Thunder and trade away all of their assets for all these picks. And I mean. Ah, it's 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 tough. It it's tough. I mean, the, this this season is going uh, to be very very interesting. I don't really know how they're gonna utilize Miles Powell. I think that we should definitely utilize him because we need scoring. Yeah, you know, he got twenty one points per game, um, at at Seton Hall. And you know, I, I was watching film. He can shoot from 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 the NBA three point line, in in college, and that that's in college. Can you imagine him in the league? And I just. I, I would yeah. I, I hope they don't do him dirty like Iggy like Ignis Brazadikas. I hope they that they that 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 they don't do what they did with Iggy last year and that's just send him to the G League, make him the leading scorer of that team with like twenty four points per game, play him for less than five minutes in the main roster, and just sit him on the bench the entire time. And that's really what Yo. I I hope they don't do with Miles Powell because I I really like the kid. I also like Iggy. I mean, I've been I've been saying before, mm-hmm. like you got to utilize everybody that you have on this roster. You know what's crazy? My podcast calls. He loves Iggy, man. He brings him up. I think every episode now. Mm. <laughs> I think he's been calling for him to play. Right. And you need guys like that. You get what I'm saying? Mm. We need guys who brings chemistry. Who is who is Iggy's old teammate? R.J. Barrett. So you need chemistry. And, man, I'm loving what this guy's doing, man. You get all these Kentucky dudes in. I'm kind of on the fence with Julius Randle. I don't think he's going to be traded. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that Alfred Payne hasn't officially been signed yet. So I know there's still more moves to be made. So it's a way to see. I know this is probably not the finished roster by December 22nd. So mm. we will see. Absolutely. And talking about the roster, you know, let's get in the, let, the final thing. Let's get into some of these trades, man, because you see a lot of rosters around the league. And I see a couple of names already, and I'm reading articles. I know you follow Tommy Bear. And he writes wonderful Nick articles. And I was reading an article. He's like, you know, current trade targets. So I watched the Atlanta Hawks mm. piss away all their cap space. Just piss it away. We're just going to be a mediocre team for the next three years. I understand people who love day pickups, but I don't understand the Gallinari pickup. You should have got Jeremy Grant. I don't understand the bogey pickup. You drafted Devin Hunter. You drafted... Cameron Herter, you drafted Cam Reddish. Like, how are these boys going to develop? So I'm wondering, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering. Definitely. Like, I'm, and, and also, I just read that Gallinari is going to come off the bench. 
I just read too. Gal Gal is gonna come off the bench for the Hawks. Um so, so where the hell is Devin Hunter gonna play? The, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I get that. Um it's gonna be tough. I'm I'm surprised that Gallinari is gonna come off the bench because I think that they want to make him a backup to Collins, like at a at, at power forward, which I feel like that they should just start him at the three, if they if they made all of that. Oof. I guess who's gonna defend? Right. If they made all of that all of that trouble just to get him, why not start him at the three? I mean, he's a power forward slash small forward for a reason, because he can play at that position pretty well. Um. So I mean, why not? I mean, I don't, I don't understand why they're having Gallinari become Collins' backup, um, but I, it's, it's going to be that, that, that Hawks team is definitely going to be interesting. And you know what? Another team that's going to be interesting is the Charlotte Hornets because they have yeah, all of those yeah. guards, Lamelo, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. I have no idea what the heck they're going to do. I mean, I, my, my best bet is they're going to trade away Rozier, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, and then if then why why did you draft Lamelo when you have Devonte Graham? I mean, I, I don't know. Are they going to put Lamelo in at the two? I have no idea what they're going to do with that situation. So you just named one of the names I was thinking of. A couple of trade targets. I like Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. I like Devonte Graham. I like the Nicholas Batum. A salary dump because Charlotte needs to open up nine million in cap space. So I'm liking that Nicholas Batum trade. I I like the Lonzo Ball trade. Mm, that that's you know? a risk. We we we've seen how he's played in big market teams. The Lakers, he crumbles under yeah. the pressure of big markets, and I wouldn't want to see that yeah. again in in New York. You know he's doing very well in in um in New Orleans right now, and. I mean that that's not as big of a market as New York or LA. I mean you could argue that LA and New York are the two biggest markets in this league. Um and and you know we 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 see how Lonzo played. I mean he got smoked by Patrick Beverly right in the beginning of his of his career. Um and that that's a risk because I think that he's thriving under a small market situation, which is why I think that Hopefully Charlotte could be good for Lamelo because hopefully I mean th- that that's a small market compared to you know teams like the Knicks again, um, but so I think Alonzo would be super risky because we know how he's like in a big market situation. We also know how Lavar is like in a big market situation. I would not want Lavar Ball anywhere near this team. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Come home from school and read Mark Berman report that Dolan and Lavar get into a, like another fist fight or or some altercation because Lavar <laughs> is going to want total control. It's it's like LeBron James. LeBron James plays every position there is out on the court, and he's also the GM of every of every single team that he's on. He runs any team that he's on and is controlling everything. And I feel like LeVar Ball is going to want to do the exact same thing. He's going to want to make sure that LaMelo or Lonzo or LiAngelo, don't forget about LiAngelo, um, that he's going to want to make sure that they are the face of that team, which is, I mean, that's why I don't want Lonzo because he's going to crumble under a big market setting and situation. But Nicholas Batum, that interests me as well. Um, I, I mean, I don't really know where he would fit. I mean, I guess he would be... I guess like a backup three or just kind of like a, like a bench role kind of player. Do you see him fitting like that on the team? How do you see Batum fitting? Nah, Batum wouldn't even play minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. To be honest, mm-hmm. with you. he wouldn't even play minutes. We'll just have him on the roster. He'll be mentoring the young guys, and yeah, he'll be sitting. You, he'll have a hot, good seat on right. the bench. It, 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 I'm not really worried. Kind about of like Batum. Gilchrist. Cause, Cause with with the contract that they've given, no, I think Gilker's will play. I think he'll play. Yeah, I mean, I just that's gonna be interesting. I mean, I mean, you know, we all know that when he guarded Melo, Melo dropped sixty two on him. So, <laughs> I mean, we're we're gonna see how that weird, like jump shot at his ear is gonna look. That and in in a in in a Knicks uniform and and in the Garden. I mean, as a part of the Knicks. 
that's going to be super interesting. Um, and Cam Reddish would be would be interesting. Um, that'd be interesting, definitely to see at, at small forward. Um, but I just I just feel like I want to give quickly a lot of opportunities because I really like the kid, and I think that Calipari praises him, and he worked great under Calipari and Kenny Payne. So I, I just feel like I would really want to just give quickly some more opportunities um, to really thrive on this team because we all we already know that Obi Toppin is just a, a set starter, just like R.J. Barrett was when we drafted him last season. Um, so I feel like with quickly, I, I just don't want that to turn into another Ignis, really, in, in, in my opinion about him. Nah, I doubt that. I think quickly yeah. will play. It depends. If quickly show – if he shows life during preseason play – I believe he'll play. I'm not really worried about Quickly's uh, right. minutes because Quickly's on a four year deal. So his rookie year, I don't I'm not gonna hold nothing to him. Also, um, especially especially the way he, that they've been marketing him too. Because, you know, he, he's been marketed a lot through social media as I've been seeing and, and you know, when Ignis was drafted, he wasn't really talked about early when we when we drafted him. I mean, like RJ Barrett was. So I think that what I've been seeing how the Knicks have been really Marketing in this state of the season, seeing how the Knicks are are posting and and mentioning players is really important because I think that 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 could be an indicator of what we're going to see a lot this season. So that that that's what I think. Care carry on, carry on. <laughs> I mean, this season is it's going to be fun, man. I I would love to have Cam Reddish on this roster too. Um, it's one of my favorite low-key secret trades, trading with Atlanta. But I know Atlanta got a glut. If we did not draft Obi Toppin, Atlanta would be probably one of the first teams I call. But since we did, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think Alec Burks going to play. I, I like Alec Burks. Great spot of shooter. He can get his own shot sometimes. Can run a couple of pick and rolls. Veteran. And... um. Defender, he could guard multiple multiple uh, positions. So, I I'm really excited, man. I'm excited. I don't know when the Knicks is going to make a trade. I feel like if they do, it will be before December twentieth. But we'll definitely talk. We we could definitely talk about that. Definitely when they make any type definitely. of trade. But any any anything else you want to talk about? Did we get it about getting on? Everything? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I uh. I, I think the Nate Robinson fight is going on right now, so I, I hope that whatever is happening, he just he knocks out Jake Paul, please for the Knicks. That that's 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 the one win that needs to happen. If I get off this episode and I scroll through Twitter and I just see Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson in in, in one round, oh man, it's gonna ruin my night. Oh man, I'm out to watch. I'm out to go and watch. I'm out to go. Watch it's gonna be it's gonna be great, especially <laughs> and you know. I'm very happy because in my lifetime, I never thought I would ever experience a Tyson fight night before. Um, so I think that's going to be very exciting to watch. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I think we've, I think we've mentioned pretty much everything that that's been going on. And I think that, uh, I think that once there's a big move, I'll definitely have you on my show or I'll come back. And uh, I just, this season's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's on the way, man. It's on the way because remember, Alfred Payton hasn't officially signed here yet, and I believe we have sixteen total people on the roster right now. So we still got—I believe we got twenty-something million in cap space, or we got to spend at least eighteen million. I, it's, we still got to spend money, so we got to make a move. Um, definitely gonna, definitely gonna talk about it. Definitely gonna talk about it. Any, any last things you want to say to Nick Nation? Any new podcast segment segments you got coming out in the future? What what, what you what you got to say? Uh, I mean, ah, uh, I mean, new new things that are gonna come up. I mean, um, I've I've been in a, I've been in contact with uh with with Vernon Maxwell. Um, hopefully hopefully gonna have Ooh. gonna have him on my show soon. We we've been in contact for 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 months and we're we're gonna hopefully set something up soon um so so be on the lookout for that um nice and i mean i i i love nick's nation man i mean i i'm just i'm so 
happy that I guess that uh, everybody's been supporting great shows like 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 yours, like Eru's, like mine. I mean, it's just great. And I think that this season it's it's going to be more fun to watch than last season because of 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 what me and Slizzy just laid down for all of you guys. There's going to be so many questions that are going to need to be answered, and I think that everybody's got to buckle up and just enjoy the ride and, and just see what happens. And yeah, man, I, that, that, that's all I have so far. And I just, uh, everybody enjoy the season. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be back on Slizzy show probably soon. If, if a big move happens or Slizzy, I'll have you on my show either or it's, yes, it, it'll be, it'll be great no matter what. So I uh, just thank you again for having me on. I think this is now my, my third time coming back to state of the New York Knicks podcast. <laughs> Bro, I've been. This is so crazy. Mm. We haven't had Knicks basketball in three hundred days. Nine over, months. over three hundred days. So, and and everybody's been coming out with so much content. That's how dedicated we are to try to get all of this Nick information out of there, out to the people. So, you know, it's a blessing that you come on my show. I appreciate that. Um, we could definitely talk in the future about everything because I I know it's a move. A move yeah. is on the way. It has to be. We still have to spend money. Y- yes, and a, a move is on the way. I'm just waiting for it. Um, Nick Nation, man, I love y'all, man. I love you know everybody that comes listen that comes listen to my show. I appreciate Nick's community. I appreciate Aiden, man, coming on my podcast, man. I am so tired, bro. Yeah. I'm so exhausted. These last Thanksgiving weekend, these last few days has been so exhausted. Everybody, please wear a mask. Mm. <laughs> Once again, Aiden, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Um, Nick Mason, I'm out of here. It's your boy State, State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 119. Peace.